The Ministry of the Unnoticed Matthew chapter 5 verse 3 says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The New Testament notices things which from our standards do not seem to count. Blessed are the poor in spirit, literally, blessed are the paupers, an exceedingly commonplace thing. The preaching of today is apt to emphasize strength of will, beauty of character, the things that are easily noticed. The phrase we hear so often, decide for Christ. It is an emphasis on something our Lord never trusted. He never asked to decide for him, but to yield to him. A very different thing. At the basis of Jesus Christ's kingdom is the unaffected loveliness of the commonplace. The thing I am blessed in is my poverty. If I know I have no strength of will, no nobility of disposition, then Jesus says, Blessed are you, because it is through this poverty that I enter his kingdom. I cannot enter his kingdom as a good man or woman. I can only enter it as a complete pauper. The true character of the loveliness that tells for God is always unconscious. Conscious influence is priggish and un. Christian. If I say, I wonder if I am of any use, I instantly lose the bloom of the touch of the Lord. He that believeth in me, out of him shall flow rivers of living water. If I examine the outflow, I lose the touch of the Lord. Which are the people who have influenced us most? Not the ones who thought they did, but those who had not the remotest notion that they were influencing us. In the Christian life, the implicit is never conscious. If it is conscious, it ceases to have its unaffected loveliness, which is the characteristic of the touch of Jesus. We always know when Jesus is at work because he produces in the commonplace something that is inspiring. Yesterday's devotional was on resting in Jesus. And as I mentioned, it's something that I have been increasingly spending more time doing because I have just in every single way possible noticing how that's the only way for me to make it through the challenge, the day, the moment, whatever it is. Or if I just need to actually get rest and feel a sense of, of uh, restoredness, then the only way is by seeking God. Today's devotional says that I cannot enter his kingdom as a good man. I can only enter it as a complete pauper. And that word pauper, it's defined as a person 
destitute. And destitute is something, uh, it's lacking. Complete, a complete lack of something. So a person destitute of means except such as are derived from charity. So a pauper is someone who has absolutely nothing themselves and the only way they have anything is by means of other someone else's grace, someone else's charity, someone else someone else generously giving everything that they need to them. And without that other person's help, they have absolutely nothing. And today's devotional definitely hits home because the more I journey with God in my life, the more I understand, yeah, this has absolutely nothing to do with me. My, my strengths, my good virtues, my, my, whatever my is, whatever me is, whatever I am, it, it's nothing. It's absolutely nothing. It's, it's worthless. And I absolutely rely on the grace of God. And it's only by the grace of God am I saved. He saved me. I am saved by faith alone or by grace alone, by God's grace alone, in Christ alone. There is nothing else. The more I think, the less I know. Again and again, God is showing me ways that I'm reliant on him. It hurts, but when my eyes are open to it, it becomes worth it. To rely on Jesus again and again in places I was recently ignorant to, the strength of our Lord is boundless. I recently, or I shared in the past, about an experience I had with another church, and I don't remember how much I got into it, but the pastor ended up telling me that I, well, me and my wife, and it's it's what their Bible study does, it it brings this point to everybody regardless of who they are because it's in the Bible study and all they do is go through the Bible study that was written by someone else and given as a manuscript for them to go through. But so at a certain point in the Bible study, um, they say that you're not saved because you're not a disciple. You're not, um, you, you haven't been baptized properly. So therefore you're not a Christian. They put it into this weird formula. And so, my wife and I were confronted with this. And I think I shared how it's it's the same thing that happened with Eve in the garden. It's the way the enemies worked since the beginning. And then even when Jesus is being tempted, the way the enemy works hasn't changed. It's effective, but it hasn't changed. And thankfully, by discernment, by God's grace, I was saved from it. God saved me from it. I mean, put plainly. Because what this pastor did is he he had a lie. He had a lie that I'm not saved. He had a lie that God's not good enough. He had a lie that it's only by works that one is saved. And God God isn't powerful enough to 
he's not gracious enough to save you because because of the way that we know things work. His church is the the kingdom of God and so th- as a result of that he can judge whether or not one is saved. And I've been realizing all these things especially the last 2 2 and a half weeks. How deceitful this is. Months ago, probably 6 or months 5 or 6 months ago now at this point. Back in September of last year. The Lord was really I I was no longer ignorant to the the way in which I am judgmental uh, with a specific person in my life. And so, of course, Matthew 18, all the verses that talk about judgment and how there is one judge. It's a constant message throughout the Bible. And also, Ezekiel 36, I think it starts at verse 22. The problem with this church is that they, they're the stereotypical works-based salvation. They're, they're way too extreme, and so that's how they manipulate people, is by, is by telling anybody, well, you're not doing enough to be saved. And that's, A, that's a lie, and that's extremely dangerous. And something that's really been standing out to me is Ezekiel. 36 starts at verse 22, and I think it goes through 35, but I'll just read it really quick and then I'll be done because it sums up how it's all about God and God alone. God's not doing it. He's doing it for his sake, for his glory. So it starts by saying, therefore, say to the house of Israel, thus says the Lord God, it is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I am about to act, but for the sake of my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations to which you came. And I will vindicate the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, and which you have profaned among them. And the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the Lord God, when through you I vindicate my holiness before their eyes. I will take you from the nations and gather you from all the countries and bring you into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleansiness, and from all your idols I will cleanse you, and I will give you a new heart, and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you, and I will cause you to walk in my statutes. And be careful to obey my rules. And you shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers, and you shall be my people, and I will be your God. And I will deliver you from all your uncleansliness. And I will summon the grain and make it abundant and lay no famine upon you. And I will make the fruit of the tree and the increase of the field abundant, and you may never again suffer this disgrace of famine among the nations. Then you will remember your evil ways and your deeds that were not good, 
and you will loathe yourselves for the iniquities and your abominations. It is not for your sake that I will act, declares the Lord God. Let that be known to you. Be ashamed and confounded for your ways, O house of Israel. Thus says the Lord God, On the day I will cleanse you from all your iniquities, I will cause the cities to be inhabited, and the waste places shall be rebuilt. So I'll stop right there, but read Ezekiel 36 for yourself. Everything that we do as Christians has nothing to do with us, but God's spirit in us. It's God who does every single work that is worth anything. Anything we do or we think we're doing, it's nothing. It's God in us. It's God in us. Because constantly, God, he starts by saying, he's doing this for his holiness. I will sprinkle water on you, and then you'll be saved. I will cleanse you. I will give you a new heart. I will put a new spirit within you. I will remove your heart of stone. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and obey my rules. So God is doing all the work. He's doing everything. And it's by his grace alone. And this church, what they, what they were telling us is, well, A, you had, to, you had to be as if you had the Spirit in you before you were baptized. So you had to basically be a Christian before you became a Christian. And then, and then they, he just put himself on, he made, a, he made himself out to be a super apostle, the, the super apostle that uh, Paul was talking about in 1st or 2nd Corinthians. And he had the authority. He had, he, he had the keys to the kingdom, and I had to submit to him because that was the fact that he told me. And it's just straight up lies, and it's dangerous. And, but, but I, I, I mean, I don't judge him. I don't doubt his sincerity, how he believes it. And it's the same way. I'm, I'm walking in so many ways right now today that I am, I'm just doing things wrong. I'm completely ignorant to them and I'm not going to deny that. I don't deny that. I don't want to ramble because I I can just ramble on this for a while. Today, I want to encourage you to, to rest in Jesus and Jesus alone. If you're resting in anything else, stop. You got to rest in Jesus because that's what Jesus tells you to do. And Obey God, obey his word, obey his rules. And then I'll end it on the ministry of the unnoticed. So remember, God, Oswald is saying that it's not the person who is trying, who's giving it their best effort to, to save you or, or to do something to you, because that person is probably most likely just acting out of their own strength and doing it wrong. It's the person who is maybe seeming as if they're minding their own business and then they they plant a seed that is effective. It's the person that's just allowing Jesus to do what Jesus is going to do for you. 
It's not the person. It's not going to be the person who is doing what they think needs to be done to you. It's the person who is out of God's way, so God, through them, can make an impression upon you. So I want to encourage you to be that person, to be the unnoticed person, who is a popper, so you can make the biggest difference in an unnoticed way. God bless you.